Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, November 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A bill headed to Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker restores licensing for midwives to supervise home births. The state outlawed midwifery in 1992, and many without nursing degrees have been working underground, risking prison time if they are caught. They're perfectly capable, well-educated, well-trained and experienced midwives who are not able to do their job. We'll examine the measure to once again license midwives in Illinois in just a few minutes. Many 5- to 11-year-olds in the St. Louis region are beginning to get the COVID-19 vaccine. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, policy changes in schools are not likely for a while. School officials from several St. Louis area districts say it's still too early to make changes to COVID-19 policies. For many districts, those types of changes are up to their boards of education. Dr. Jason Newland is a pediatric infectious diseases physician at St. Louis Children's Hospital and Washington University. I don't think that we should be stopping masking or the distancing measures, the ventilation, or making sure we're keeping as many children home and staff home that are sick. But I think conversations can begin about when do we start thinking about maybe changing some of these or not doing all of these strategies. Newland says districts should continue to monitor community spread, vaccination rates, and COVID-19 transmission in schools. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. A Bell Fountain neighbors man police believe is responsible for six murders in the St. Louis and Kansas City areas this year has been arrested. Five on Your Side reports Perez Reed has been connected to a couple of murders in St. Louis and two others in St. Louis County. St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell's office is charging Reed with two counts of first-degree murder. The TV station also says police sources have linked the 25-year-old to two murders in Kansas City, Kansas. Authorities are holding a news conference this afternoon to provide more details. U.S. Senator Dick Durbin says the country must do more than just rejoin the Paris Climate Accord to address climate change. He told delegates at the U.N. Climate Change Conference yesterday in Scotland that the U.S. needs to back up the commitment with funding. We are prepared to vote the necessary funds to make this promise of the Paris Agreement a reality. There are people around the world who are asking, is the United States back? Are we involved in this with a commitment? And now we have a chance to prove it. Durbin is one of several Illinois political leaders who have been at the conference over the past week, highlighting the state's plan to prioritize green energy and cut fossil fuels from the electric grid by 2050. Migrating trumpeter swans have already started arriving in wetland areas of North St. Louis. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sheila Farzan reports, swan populations have climbed steadily in recent decades. Trumpeter swans were almost hunted to extinction in North America in the early 1900s. But conservation efforts have helped bring them back. And by this time of year, their calls fill the skies at the Audubon Center at Riverlands in West Alton. Audubon staffer Tara Homan helps coordinate yearly swan counts at the center and says collecting this basic data is critical for conserving the species. Especially in, you know, the face of climate change, we're able to see if our numbers start to decrease if people start seeing them elsewhere. 
Homan says last year, they counted more than 800 swans, mostly trumpeters, up from just five in 1991. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. A group of nonprofits and government entities has created an educational website to celebrate 200 years of Missouri's statehood. The Missouri Bicentennial Project includes biographies, major events, and historical documents. It has information from 1250 up to today. The team is encouraging researchers, students, and teachers to use it to complement history books. Danielle Griago is the Strategic Communications Director for the project. By researching historic sites, events, and people, we learn more about what makes each Missouri County unique and also the similarities that bring us together. Griago says parents can use the website Missouri2021.org to teach children how to research and collect information. Illinois is set to allow midwives to legally practice in the state for the first time in decades. Many have been working in the shadows and say the change is past due. But they also point out there is more work ahead. Caroline Kabzanski reports. Illinois stopped licensing midwives in 1965 and outlawed midwifery in 1992. The last one who was practicing while licensed retired in the mid-80s. Since then, only nurse midwives have been able to practice legally in Illinois. Midwives without nursing degrees have continued working underground, but they face penalties of up to $10,000 and three years in prison if they're caught. They're perfectly capable, well-educated, well-trained, and experienced midwives who are not able to do their job. That's midwife Barbara Belcourt. She and her colleagues are celebrating the recent passage of legislation that would again license midwives to supervise home births in Illinois. It would also allow them to administer certain medications and bring patients to the hospital and transfer care to a doctor if needed. If Governor J.B. Pritzker signs the law, it will take effect next October. Belcour says it'll help families who don't want to give birth in a hospital find safe at-home options. Star Augusta Lee, a black midwife living on Chicago's South Side, says there's high demand for this kind of health care among women of color. I come across women every day who want to have a home birth, but are unfortunately not going to be able to, to access it specifically from a culture-congruent provider. But for Ali, the legislation has one major flaw. It does not allow midwifery care to be funded under Medicaid. She says without Medicaid coverage, midwifery services won't be accessible to a group of Illinoisans who most need them. Black women are eight times more likely to die from pregnancy and childbirth-related complications than white women. Two out of three families who give birth in Illinois that are black women are covered by Medicaid, so it's important that we include Medicaid to make it a priority so that it's an accessible bill and people across the state can actually access it. Just after the legislature approved licensing, Ali resigned as the president of the Illinois Council of Certified Professional Midwives. When contacted, she said she stepped down over the Medicaid issue. State Senator Christina Castro sponsored the licensing bill, and she says Medicaid coverage is next on the docket for lawmakers. In order to look at, you know, getting it covered through Medicaid, it has to be licensed, right? So this is the first step into those conversations. But Elise says she doesn't trust that it will happen, given long wait times in other states where midwifery has been legalized. But I feel like this has kind of been the same rhetoric across the country. Black women kind of have to wait, wait, wait our turn and kind of get pushed to the side. Daphne Kuehl is a nurse midwife based at Southern Illinois University Family Medicine in Springfield. She estimates that 90% of the patients she sees are on Medicaid. They still want midwifery care. They still deserve midwifery care. And they still deserve to get the birth that they want if they are low risk and eligible for it, you know, to have the information and the education to do it. Legalizing professional midwifery won't impact Kiel since she works in hospitals, 
but she thinks licensing is a good way to make home birth an option in rural parts of Illinois where there are fewer midwives available to cover a larger area. I'm Caroline Kopsansky. Caroline is a reporter for Illinois Public Radio. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.